everybody, and welcome to Taiwan Talk. It's a show where we explore news and topics from here in Taiwan. I'm today's host, Trevor Tordomasi, and for this episode, I'm speaking with Satoki Matsushita, an astrophysicist from Japan. Satoki has been based in Taiwan and abroad for many years while working with international projects like the Event Horizon Telescope and the Greenland Telescope Project. You may recall an orange and black picture of a black hole on the internet and all over the news a few years ago. Satoki was a big part of the project that created that image. And I have to be honest, while I was editing this interview, I was tempted to edit out some of my more naive questions, but I left them in for continuity's sake, so you'll have to excuse my childish glee as I pester Satoki with my curiosity. I was just way too excited to talk about outer space. Anyway, without further ado, here's Satoki to tell us about his research on black holes. I'm Satoki Matsushita, uh, working at the Academia Sinica Institute of Astronomy and Astrophysics, just research fellow. I'm doing the uh, primary investigator of the uh, Greenland Telescope project and also the uh, representative of uh, Event Horizon Telescope, EHD Taiwan. I started by asking Satoki about his work. Mainly three topics. One, mm-hmm. yeah, science. That the uh, about the uh, black hole, how to feed the black hole, what's the effect uh, of the black hole to the surrounding environment, those kind of things from the big scale to really small scale. That's the science part. Another is the sort of engineering technical part that the telescope, well, we have the, currently we have telescope in Greenland and uh, that, well, engineer make the telescopes, but it's not really science ready where the telescope is pointing is unclear or how the uh, surface is very smooth or those kind of thing is unclear so we do those kind of tests and make it telescope to the uh, science ready telescope and uh what exactly are you doing now mostly management which is okay. unfortunate but right, yeah, young yeah. young people do, does the science and uh, someone have to do those kind of uh, management no. but, yeah, <laughs> as a top of the uh, project that they uh, have to manage this kind of thing to make it all the people work comfortably and of course myself is that as i mentioned before that the uh, make a telescope better but recently the well covid avoid us to go to the site that makes it a little bit difficult but mm-hmm. if the travel uh, is okay, then I go there to uh, make telescope again that the uh, science quality and actually observe for the uh, event horizon telescope and other other project and uh, do the research. Is the event horizon telescope, this yes. project, and mapping out that picture of a black hole, is this mm-hmm. the biggest project you've been a part of? In terms of the international sort of single project okay international collaboration it's really worldwide because we have to collaborate with telescope all over the world and each telescope belongs to each institute or universities or and we collaborate together to observe that black hole at the same time right exact same time for like several hours well several tens of hours for roughly like one week so that the uh, we have to coordinate all the single telescope. You know, they have each project for the each telescope. Right. And uh, they are observing several other things. But at that time, stop everything. We only concentrate on the Event Horizon Telescope observation. Yeah. And then make an observation all the exact same time. That's so that the, it's really big international project. It's something like 350 people all over the world. Wow. 350 people. And uh, each telescope has the uh, those kind of several tens of people. And of course, not only telescopes, there are some theorists, what this picture means or right. what's kind of how to analyze. You know, some people analyze the data that the uh, from the data, 
to image, there's many complicated things that we have to calculate. So the reason we need all these telescopes all over the world, is it because we need the biggest possible range of vantage points to see this thing that's so far away? Yeah, so um, probably people can understand bigger the telescope, you can see more details. But right. the uh, telescope itself cannot be too big that the, uh, the so far the biggest telescope in the world, movable, stairable telescope is 100 meter. On the ground, no, no moving. Like probably you saw the old 007 movie that the uh, 300 meter telescope oh, yeah. in the, uh, 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 Puerto Rico, that was uh, 300 meter. Recently it's broke down. Well, that was 300 meter, but it's not stable. And, uh, well, recently China made the uh, 500 meter, that kind of telescope, but that's the uh, so far biggest, but that regulate the uh, size. So if we want to see more details, then we have to put Tesco far away, either on the cable or uh, set the hard disk or something and then record it and uh, later yeah, analyze the data to make it far. Well, for example, Greenland and Chile, it will be 9,000 kilometer away. Mm -hmm. But if we can correlate those kind of data, then it comparable to the uh, size of the telescope, like 9,000 kilometer. Right. So that's why we can see really, really detail, which we never saw in the past. Right. And it takes these all over the world. And this is as the Earth is spinning and you have to take all of this data into account. Yes. That makes the only the true telescope then that yeah, it's two telescope. But if it's rotate, then mm -hmm. make it more uh, area to make it like 9,000 kilometer away, but it only two points, but makes it more like an area kind of thing. And if you have more other telescope, then it will fill up the gaps between that makes like big telescope. How many telescopes were involved in the total project For overall? That time that the, the image, the black hole image people knows that at that time, it was eight telescopes, but that was 2017. We observed 2017 and 2000 from 2018, our Greenland telescope joined and well, the COVID screwed up everything, but the yeah, 2021, two more telescope joined. So, uh, currently 11 telescopes. Okay. Yeah. And this project is ongoing. It is ongoing. So until. Well, until forever, I'm sure, because we're never going well, to understand. <laughs> but um, the observations continue to observe this same black hole, or are you moving around in your observations? Uh, several. So far, we know there are two black holes we can probably image. One is the M87. Well, that yeah. is the uh, we imaged actually. That is the uh, first one we came out, and second one is that the uh, black hole in our center of our galaxy, that the Milky Way galaxy, that, that's, there's a black hole too. But those two are the, uh, we think we can image, yeah, based on the past research. And uh, so far, we only sh show that the picture of the um, M87 black hole. Okay. Yeah. M87 is much further away though, right? Much further away. <laughs> that's a silly the, question, but no, I'm, no, I'm wondering how a, far away is that? Actually, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 5,500 mega light year away? Oh, I, I forgot. But the, uh, the thing is that the, uh, it's far. So that M87 is 1,000 uh, times further away compared to the uh, center of our galaxy. But the black hole itself is 1,000 times heavier. It, it is the uh, same as relation with the, the uh, distance and the size. The uh, mass? The mass. I noticed mass. that you said lighter and not, or I'm sorry, oh. you said you said heavier and not bigger and lighter and not smaller. Is that because you can only measure uh, that's it? How it actually can see, okay, black hole physics. Its, it's size, is it, when, when we see it, is that directly related to its mass always? Yes. The okay. sort of black hole physics is that the uh, 
heavier, bigger, linear relation. That seems to make one, sense, right? <laughs> one thousand. Well, but the, for human, bigger doesn't mean you know. Right. Okay. Heavy. okay yeah. <laughs> but it's really that the uh, heavier, bigger. It's the straight same, linear straight, correlation. Straight okay. linear correlation. So that the one thousand times farther. Then that the the size of the things getting one thousand times smaller, right? Okay. The, uh, yeah. Well, like a paper, this this paper that the uh, if you put two times away, then mm -hmm. the size is two times smaller. Same that the uh, black hole one thousand times far away, it's one thousand times smaller, but it is one thousand times bigger. So right. even far away, and our Milky Galaxy Way Galaxy black hole is closer, but apparent size is almost the same. Okay. Just a coincidence. Yeah. Just a coincidence. But just a coincidence. Yeah. Okay. And how do we know this? I want to know how we know this. I'm afraid this interview oh. will be five hours long. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, the the size itself is that again that the thing I explained that yeah, if you move the telescope further, you can see the detail. But the in the past there was a study with a much less uh, number of telescope, and uh, that tells already. We couldn't image at that time because it's two less, only three telescopes at that time. So that the, uh, we couldn't image, but the, we can roughly say the size should be around this or smaller or something like that. Yeah. So that uh, from there, we know roughly the, it was sort of very blur that the, uh, it should be around this size or smaller. But the, uh, well, like if you see the telescope with the some or whatever that the, uh, if you use smaller one, you can see bigger, but it's blur. But if you get bigger and bigger telescope, it's getting sharper and sharper, but still blur. But still, you can start to see the size of the thing. But whether there's a shadow or not, we couldn't tell it in the past. Right, yeah. Yeah, but finally, 2017 observation, we use eight telescopes so that we could image and we could see the shadow at that time. Mm. Yeah, so the that was the uh, sort of story. The light, it's from the uh, X-ray or gamma ray optical, infrared, and uh, radio wave. And uh, what we are using is a radio wave. Well, here we are at the uh, sort of uh, radio <laughs> Yeah, we're using so radio that, waves uh, here too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that the uh, FM is 100 megahertz, okay. roughly, that the, when you tune, 100, 100 megahertz. Wait, I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. 100 megahertz. And uh, we are using uh, 200 gigahertz. It's about 1,000 times the uh, different wavelengths or frequency that the uh, megahertz mega one thousand times bigger is uh, will be giga right so that the uh, 200 gigahertz that's the uh, frequency we are using and that's the uh, telescope it's a parabolic telescope not the uh, like optical right you know, put into the eye so we cannot see actually yeah but with the antenna we can detect like same as the radio that the uh this kind of am radio is 1000 kilohertz fm 100 megahertz is 200 gigahertz yeah that kind of thing Man, sorry, okay. it is difficult. Sorry, it, it is. No, I I love it. I just have to take a second to think. And actually, I haven't. I've been asking you so many questions to your face. I forgot yeah. to ask the questions with no, paper. No, no, no. So, but the, actually, that the uh, you know, radio is very well. This radio or this kind of only voice is very difficult to explain those kinds. Of, if it, you sure, sure it is. Yeah. See the, uh, if you can't you know, move your hands around and yeah. say, "This is how big a black hole is," or, or picture or something right. like that. <laughs> Can you tell me about your work with the Greenland Telescope Project exactly? Uh, actually, I am the uh, well principal investigator. Means that the uh, the 
top of the uh, project. So the one difficult part is that the uh, well management scheduling, also the get the money for the uh, project. Right. So the write a proposal. I want to do this kind of thing. So please give this, this amount of money or those kind of thing. And also that yeah, we need to do the observation maintenance so that they arrange the uh, those kind of schedule and time with the uh, all the engineers, scientists in, in our project. And of course, myself does the uh, those kind of observation. And uh, first, I mentioned about the other uh, to make the telescope to the science quality. Those kind of thing always make the telescope better and better. So, those kind of thing I am doing for the project. Moving on to sort of what the work is like. Um, how many people are on your team? About. 30. Well, some people do many things uh, in parallels, but they are roughly th- around 30. Yeah. Both engineers and scientists between 30 and 40. Yeah. Where is a lot of this funding coming from? Which uh, government or multiple around the world? Actually, this one is mostly Taiwan, the, the Academia Sinica and the uh, Ministry of uh, Science Technology of Taiwan. And the smaller part, uh, we collaborate with the Smithsonian Astronomical Observatory in U.S., so mainly Taiwan, yeah, operating this Greenland telescope project. And what makes Greenland specifically such a good place for this? So uh, as I mentioned, that to observe details, we have to put somewhere telescope far away, far the better for the uh, resolving, which means that if there's a other telescope there, then there's no point. It's right, just yeah. so that we have to find out somewhere far. But another thing is that the sky have to be very clear in terms of the uh, this 230 gigahertz, 200 gigahertz frequency, which is that the uh, water vapor is the uh, most annoying thing that that absorbs the uh, light from the uh, astronomical source and also disturbs the light so that uh, we want to go somewhere less water vapor and there's no telescope. So if you think about it, one of the best low humidity site mm-hmm. is desert or really cold place that all ice, iced out or really high mountain or combination of those. And uh, right. there's there are telescope in South Pole. There are telescope in the uh, Chile Atacama Desert, which is 5,000 meter high and Hawaii, top of Hawaii. Uh, it's a 4,000 meter high and uh, actually Another that again that the yes, collaboration of Smithsonian that we have the uh, uh, submeter array and uh, collaboration with the East Asian countries we have the uh, East Asian Obser- Observatory there that James Clark Maxwell Telescope and so that the Hawaii there's Chile there South Pole there and where's the other place where, where is the very cold or very high or combination of those and we found out Greenland. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it, well, the name is Greenland, but it's actually covered by the ice. Right, yeah. yes. And the top up there, it's a 3,200 meter high and just ice, like, like South Pole, just ice, nothing other than the ice, so that the humidity is really low. So, and there's no telescope so far. So that the, and also that the distance from the, uh, like Chile or Hawaii is that the 9,000 kilometer, which is sort of the, uh, other side of the, uh, earth, which makes really better resolution. Right. Than the others. So that, that's why we decided, okay, let's put the uh, telescope at the green line. It fit, it fit all the requirements that you exactly. were looking for. Now, what about the crystal, the frozen water in the atmosphere? Doesn't that affect it too? Or actually, there's not much actually. Oh, okay. Ra- rather that like when it snowed or the ripe mice filled in the telescope, that's uh, sticking the telescope. That's more annoying part. So that the, we make the, uh, uh, heater on the backside of the telescope to a little bit heat 
a little bit higher, temp- one degree high compared to the outside, then there's no rain mass mm. pulling in. So uh, that kind of thing, uh, we do that. And uh, then it is actually uh, much better than the uh, other sites. What kinds of technology and equipment do you use? The well, telescope itself is a parabolic telescope that the uh, sort of an- we call antenna. Mm-hmm. So the uh, its size is twelve meter uh, diameter and it's movable. That te- uh, telescope itself is sort of if you think about the uh, those kind of parabolic antenna, it's something that looks like that. So antenna itself is like that, but the uh, the detector uh, we use the technology of the superconducting technology that. The detector itself is that the uh, we call SIS uh, semiconductor insulator semiconductor heterodyne receiver that so that the uh, uh, semiconductor part is that current can move around but the insulator is insulator there's never current cannot move around but with uh, well so, sorry that the uh, quantum physics that the uh, tunnel uh, tunnel effect if there's a, some energy came in to the detector, then the tunnel effect makes the current movable from between jumps from the uh, semiconductor insulator semiconductor that the uh, jumps from that gap so that the, it can actually detect the light and only some specific uh, frequency we can detect. So the engineers make that kind of detector that specially tuned to observe 200 gigahertz. And uh, we use that technology, and uh, so uh, we can detect 200 gigahertz frequency from astronomical source. And that, that since superconducting technology, we need to lower the temperature to four Kelvin, which is zero zero Kelvin is the you know absolute yeah. uh, code, but the only four Kelvin. So that the that kind of receiver we have to install it on the telescope and uh, always working on. Yeah. What is the setup process like for focusing on an area of space? I would say the accuracy too, that the, it comes accuracy because uh, if telescope 9,000 kilometers farther away, then the, the time have to match, match with the uh, really 10 to the minus 13 second uh, accuracy or something like that, which is really high accuracy that, so that yeah, those kind of calculation we can do that, but the how to make it that accuracy is also another technology we need. Mm-hmm. We we use the atomic clock that is so far the uh, highest uh, highest accuracy mm-hmm. clock, and all those time information also recorded in the hard disk and send out to the uh, some we call correlation center and uh, match all the telescope to the uh, that accuracy level. Then we can get a correlated data set. And then you still have to account for. The distance between places on Earth also has a little bit of yes space so time delay. Is that a thing, um, or is not, that too small? Not the space time delay, but the uh, the accuracy of the distance of the telescope with the uh, probably a few tens of micron um, micrometers scale. If it changes, it goes to the uh, sort of time delay. Also similar things, but the uh, position change, time change that makes the uh, all the data shift together and makes the data corrupted so that we have to measure those kind of things. Everything has to be as accurate as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And for the picture of M87, yes. Um, what was the period of time over which you took all of the recordings? It was um, like a few weeks or something? Actually, um, one image is one day, sort of eight to 12 hours 
but the uh, we observe for roughly one week, 10 days. So we have the different image for sort of different days and uh, each day have the uh, their own image, but almost the same, a little bit of the difference. Yeah. So for a project this big, do you know exactly what you're looking for when you begin the observation? Or sometimes is there something you find out by accident and have to? I think both. Of course, for the uh, this kind of study is long term that, that from uh, early 70s, 80s, some other people start observing like M87 or the center of Milky Way, as we call Sagittarius star, that are the uh, sort of well-known sources. So many people study for long years, decades of uh, study. Then we start to know, oh, this should be the uh, something we may be able to observe and image it if technology exists. Right. But some black holes that they accidentally found out, oh, this is some maybe something interesting that we may be able to observe. But so far, we haven't find out that kind of thing for imaging the black hole. So right. far, only M87 and Sagittarius star. For this case, that we know that the Sagittarius star, uh, the, the, the center of Milky Way galaxy, and uh, M87 is the, the two uh, sources we may be able to image. That's why the we made the uh, collaboration and everybody think this is reasonably and uh, convincing so that, yeah, let's do it. And that's why all over the world, all the telescopes agree to collaborate each other mm. to make it happen. And actually, it happened. You talked a little bit about your current project, what you're working on now. Mm-hmm. What What's next? Currently, the telescope is located at the uh, Greenland, but it's not the summit of Greenland, but only at the sea level. Uh, we call uh, uh, that the Thule Air Force. Actually, it's inside the U.S. Air Force Base because they have the power, they have the flatland, and actually that the, all those shipment goes to that Air Force Base. So we could ship from the uh, U.S. to the Greenland Thule. And uh, sort of top of the um, Greenland, is, it's really just ice, so more danger, so that the, uh, it's better to put at the uh, sea level. There's place to stay, place the power also exists, so not as harsh environment as top of the Greenland, so that the uh, we can test many things that the, whatever we made is really avoid any problems like it's even minus 30 degree minus 40 degree celsius uh well actually celsius and the at low that the celsius or fahrenheit it's minus 30 minus 40 celsius right, yeah. yes well that, that cold environment everything have to move any problems but on the other hand it's sea level so that the water vapor is much more so if we move to the, the summit of the greenland then we can do much better higher frequency like 300 gigahertz 600 gigahertz or like higher frequency then that we can do see much details so far we saw the black hole is that the very blur so that mm. we want to make it more sharper and sharper image to resolve what's actually going on around the black hole is something falling in is something coming out it is the first time to see the black hole image so that now we want to study further how it looks like if you see sharper or if you see the different black hole, how it looks like those kind of things. It just, this field is started so that we want to continue to understand what's going on around the black hole. When you look at a black hole, can you see the traces of something that has fallen into it? Uh, we think so. Okay. That's what we want to see. That's okay. why we're pushing further and further. Yes. But watching traces of things that fall into black holes mm-hmm. is important in understanding what exactly? 
Well, first, that the uh, basic question is whether Einstein's theory of relativity is correct or not for the gravity. That's one thing. So far, no. So far, so good, Mr. <laughs> Einstein. Yeah. So there's no violation that the Einstein is correct. And so wh uh, whether it's even the really close to the uh, black hole, really heavy things, is that still correct? Or something different physics comes in or those kind of things. That's the uh, first basic questions. And others is that how to feed a black hole if something go in, the black hole should go around. Or if black hole is spinning, what will happen to the uh, outside? Then that the uh, if black hole spinning, then that the uh, the space time around the black hole is also dragged by the uh, black hole spin. So it, if something is moving around or coming out, if we could see those kind of things, but so far we haven't seen that. So uh, we want to see all the, what is going on around the black hole. That's the, uh, which we will also want to see. And we know that the M87, that the, uh, we call um, astronomical jet, some very sharp things coming out from the black hole, but the, we don't know how uh, we think that the, that is related to the black hole spin to take out the uh, uh, angular momentum that goes, something have to go out, but that's just so far just a theory. So we want to see how black hole spin makes the uh, things right. move out. If something going in, we cannot observe anymore so that the, we right. can say that it's gone. And uh, whether it comes out, I don't think we can prove it. And Hawking radiation, is that the radiation that comes oh, out? Oh, that's the... Oh, that's or is that really, another hour of the... <laughs> yeah, that's the, really tiny part, only at the surface part. So I don't think we can see it with the mm, okay. uh, our observation. Is there any other work that you're doing or work that you're involved in or work that you would like to do or that is being done on Earth or off Earth that mm -hmm. you want to talk about? I think so far I'm uh, I'm concentrating on this the Greenland telescope and the Event Horizon telescope and uh, because it as I said that the, it just started and mm. uh, another at least five ten years yeah we we will definitely put effort on this to make it better and better understanding for the uh, what's going on around the black hole and uh, yeah after that uh, so far I want to go is that the uh, make better better resolution image and uh, see how really black hole look like. Yeah, it's currently it's so blurred. That picture is so blurred. We want to see much, much sharper. What happens when we put a telescope on Mars? I think it's too far away. So that's too the, far uh, away. Too far away. So, so we, it's it's too hard to make the exact calculations. Then. Uh, no, uh, actually that uh, Mars is probably even moon because it's too sharp that the uh, you can see so detailed thing is that getting darker and darker so that the, as far as it's so sensitive huge telescope it's just too difficult to see it so the i think the satellite may be the uh, uh good selection choice to make it reasonably detailed with the uh probably what we think is that the signal is strong enough to detect with the current technology that the, so that if you go too far away it's current technology is too less sensitive to detect something useful so satellite uh, project will be the uh one of the thing although whether taiwan can do it that's a different question but right <laughs> and you're working in taiwan specifically were mm -hmm. you were you sent here was this part of a project or you wanted to be in taiwan specifically actually um the reason why i come to taiwan is that that time this 
Event Horizon Telescope project doesn't exist. And uh, before that, I was working for the at the Hawaii, the submerged array that I was belonged to the Smithsonian and uh, uh, as the postdoctoral fellow. And uh, that was collaboration with the uh, Smithsonian in Taiwan. And the Smithsonian uh, worked for three years. Then my three-year contract finished. But that telescope was was the uh, the world's first submeter interferometry that that can do the uh, detailed study at the uh, sub submeter. Well, it's two hundred thirty gigahertz, three forty five gigahertz, and six hundred gigahertz. Those kind of very high frequency astronomy research. That was the world's first at that time. So I wanted to continue this one so that the uh, well Smithsonian finish then I go to the uh, other collaborator which is Taiwan so I came to Taiwan to continue this project then the next project Alma which is Atacama large millimeter submeter array that is in Chile so far that's the biggest submeter interferometer in the world and the construction started so I belong to Taiwan and uh, I went to Chile for one and a half year to make it again that the uh, make the telescope from the engineering level to the science quality level to the so right make, specifications okay yes yeah then at that time Greenland telescope project started in Taiwan so I joined this project I, so, I didn't connect that before <laughs> that it is in Greenland obviously but it's 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 Taiwan's project it is Taiwan's project okay. because Taiwan there's no good site for doing the uh, that makes sense and there's a <laughs> lot of humility too, yeah, exactly hum humidity <laughs> here yeah too humid yes right and a lot of humility too so good job Taiwan <laughs> how did you on your on your personal journey how did you become interested in science do you still remember oh yeah uh, well definitely it's uh, because my father that my father is the uh, physics uh, phys physicist mm -hmm. yeah so that the, uh, when I was from when small child that uh, he brings to the science museum or uh, planetarium or bring to the uh, the camp place watching stars together or those kind of things so that you're yeah, from small child well my father loves nature and science that makes me that the uh, love nature and science i, I think that in terms of science itself it's my yeah my dad yeah that's one thing and also the uh, other thing is that the, uh, when i was a child elementary school actually because of my father got the sort of two-year job in new york so whole family moved to New York for two years. Wow. So um, in general, that in Japan, the elementary school uh, classes are taught by the uh, same teacher for the uh, whatever science, literature, gymnasium, whatever is same teacher teach everything. But when I moved to the U.S., well, my father didn't have the money to go bring me to the Japanese school so that the, I just go to the public school in New York. Right. Those international schools. Are <laughs> so yeah. It's very expensive so that the, I just go in to the uh, public school and uh, well my big surprise was that the uh, well science teacher teaches science the music teacher teaches music and uh, the teacher of the class only teach some very small number of classes and at that time my elementary school public school has the science class inside the science classroom there's a planetarium and at that time Voyager 1 and 2 reached to the Saturn Jupiter and the first space shuttle launch uh, so that there are so many space things and the science class only teaches space and it was wonderful for me. I don't have to uh, learn about like life science or geo chemistry, geo chemistry. <laughs> just space. I was yeah. so happy that the, uh, then I really get into the science uh, around that time. And after that, after I come back to Japan. Where, where in Japan did you grow up? Uh, actually, I grew up in Sendai. 
uh, northern part of Japan, mm. uh, Honshu. Yeah. And, uh, around junior high school, again, my father connect to the, uh, Sendai Astronomical Observatory, that the, uh, public observatory. And, uh, the director at that time, Osaka-san, there's a sort of, Citizen Astronomy Club or something that the, uh, so okay. that after Friday night, after Astronomical Observatory closed, then that Osaka-san, he's the director of the, that, uh, the public astronomical observatory and uh, he opens to the, uh, those club so that the, uh, uh, we could use the uh, telescopes of the observatory or someone brought in and we could use it. And uh, so every Friday night and some elder person teaches how to observe moon. How to observe galaxies or those kind of things. And, uh, so every Friday night, I went with my friend, my oldest friend, even now that it's so the, uh, every right. Friday night go there and uh, do the all kind of astronomy things. And, uh, I That's love awesome. it. Yeah. That was really nice. And that how I learned that how to operate the uh, optical telescope or where's the, uh, which star exists, which galaxy exists at where or those kind of things. And how you yeah. learn to operate a tripod, which uh, you helped <laughs> me set up before the interview. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You're speaking to my heart here because I'm really, I love space science more than anything too. Uh -huh. um, it's it's rare that we get to report here on, uh, you know, at, the, at reporting the news on the radio yeah. that we get to report space news. Uh -huh. But every time we do, I get to say like, and next in extra planetary news or something <laughs> like that. And it's so fun to talk about the next rocket launch or news from the um, space station. Even recently, man, I... Mm. I um, Stuff like, uh, oh yeah, a Russian space crew sent a director and an actress oh, to yes. space and they're going to film before, the first movie in space. Before Tom Cruise, yes. Oh, right, <laughs> before they beat him or so. I don't know. I'm, I'm here in Taiwan. I don't really care who wins. I just want to see movies in space so, yes. with real space <laughs> physics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, learning about this kind of stuff is, is so fascinating because there's almost no other science that is studying just what is that's on this larger scale. Yeah, that's true. That recently, that the uh, one of the hot topic is that the uh, astrobiology. Whether now we we saw that the many planets rotating around many stars, and uh, people are looking that the uh, the habitable zone, which is at uh, some distance from stars, the wa water could be not ice too far away. It would be ice too close it would be water vapor it's uh, our earth is located at the uh, around the sun which is water is in the liquid status right that's why we the life exists so that the uh, people are looking at the uh those kind of whether those kind of planet exist at the outer space whether the planet possibly in the liquid state or try to observe the uh, atmosphere of the planets that including uh, oxygen or those water or those kind of things now it's a very hot topic so I guess my next question is, with the power that we have of all these telescopes all over Earth to focus on points so far away, I know it's a lot of work and funding to get them all to focus on the same place, but are we going to be focusing on any exoplanets? Uh, I'll say that the uh, each the telescope, many telescopes exist, but the uh, some telescope, well, the light has uh, so many wavelengths that the uh, some are observing at X-ray, some are observing the optical, what we can see. Right. Some are observing the infrared. And each frequency has, or wavelengths has the different topics of research. So currently for, if we want to image black hole, 200 millimeter, submillimeter wave is the only way to really image the black hole because that is the where we can resolve the black hole. But if we want to study about the, uh, for example, that the exoplanet, Probably optical or infrared is the best uh, 
study because those kind of things that that part that uh, those kind of information we can see uh, for the you know, where the planet exists and uh, where wh- how far distant or those kind of things from the uh, infrared radiate the uh, temperature of the planet or those kind of thing and uh, water vapor is very dense around there so that there's no point to concentrate on the everything into one topic i think each topic has each yeah different wavelengths so that the i think that's also sort of healthy that the uh, many research exists all over the world and uh, many people interested in many things in right. a different uh, field so that the uh, i think those kind of differentiate is the uh, also important i think what is the most difficult part of working in your field i'll say currently it's a technology that makes it better and better that's um that's my feeling that the uh, science itself many theorists already predict should, should black around black hole should be like this or should be like that but they cannot regulate which is true but that's the only observation can tell that is this one is the truth that is the uh, actually different or something like that. So to make it observe, observe then technology uh, is the key point that the uh, to make it that uh, make that observation possible. Then that the uh, technology is the uh, important point. And well, Taiwan has those kind of technology now, so that the I think we can go further and further. That's why I also stay in Taiwan. That yeah, Taiwan, in terms of this radio astronomy field, Taiwan is one of the top runner uh, in the world. So that yeah, I'm happy with this. So, what do you see for the future of cosmic science, astrophysics, um, in Taiwan? For the radio astronomy, I think that the uh, we can go further and further to make it better and better, interesting output. That yeah, we now we made it possible to see the uh, black hole so that you make it more sharper and more details. I think Taiwan can do it. In terms of bringing the telescope to the space, I'm not sure. <laughs> that one, uh, that the, to make it much further, I'm not sure. But the right. uh, space technology is getting uh, more and more popular in Taiwan, especially like Formosa uh, 7, 8, those kind of satellites. Uh, it's working now at the um, outer space Mostly that is for the Earth science, but if we move that toward the uh, space science, maybe possible. But that is a little bit decade later science. What kind of training would someone have to go through if they also wanted to work in this field? I'd say it depends, but uh, if you want to do the research in terms of like black hole or astronomy, then three, physics, math, and uh, English. Mm-hmm. English makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, then, but if you go toward the technology side, then that uh, some uh, electric engineering, those kind of thing comes in. But basics would be physics and the math is the two basic thing that uh, which definitely needed. Um, and is there anything else you'd like to say to the people of Taiwan? I'll say that the, as I mentioned, that the, uh, the, this project is supported by the uh, government and, uh, our Kamesinika Ministry of Science Technology, which comes from the, all the tax, from the taxpayers. Taiwanese people pay the tax. That's why we could do the, uh, they, the budget come to our project. So that I'll say thanks to the, all the taxpayers in Taiwan. Thank you, Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and well, so that the, what we can do is that the, show the, uh, all those exciting results. And also other other th- thing is that the, the technology, as I mentioned, that the technology now in Taiwan is one of the forefront runners. But like 20 years ago, 
Uh, Taiwan didn't have this technology, but decades later, because we did a lot of project that yeah, both science and technical side make the science better, but technological side make the technology better and make the Taiwan grow. Not only our in- institute, but the companies inside in Taiwan that makes the uh, those kind of uh, instruments or the uh, technology or the big things that also grew grew up from the uh, really beginner level to the now the forefront level. So that the uh, that also very important. Both science and technology works. That's why we could we can do the uh, the world forefront research. Uh, not only science. Both science and technology. And that's, well, I'll say that yeah, all those Taiwanese people work for these companies and the uh, technical part, the universities, our institute, other institutes. And uh, with all of the support, we could do this kind of research, this kind of thing, thanks to Taiwan. Yeah, thank you, Taiwan. What are you most proud of? I'll say, as I mentioned, that the uh, mix telescope bring from the uh, engineering level to the uh, science level. I did for the uh, SMA, ALMA, GLT, those kind of Taiwan-related project to make it those kind of science level. And that makes all the other astronomers, researchers use those kind of telescopes producing the science. And I did many of things that yeah, that I'm proud of. Not only me, of course, but right. yeah, with the help of others. But I did those kind of things for last. I'm living in Taiwan for 18, almost nine, 19 years. Wow. Consider on those kind of things to make it Taiwanese telescope to the scientific world, first class scientific level. And I'm proud of it. Much respect also to all of the people who have worked on all of these projects because it, it takes really like the whole world's best scientists to, to really make these things happen. So thank you for being a part of that. Oh, thank you very much. Once again, all my thanks to Satoki for educating me on outer space. I've provided some links to his work and past projects in the podcast description. And there's even a documentary about the Event Horizon Telescope on Netflix called The Edge of All We Know. It's worth checking out. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. In the meantime, I'm off to read some more Wikipedia articles on black holes. So until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT FM 100. If you'd like to hear more from ICRT, you can check out our other podcasts. We've got Taiwan This Week, a roundup of the news in Taiwan every Friday, English in the News, for useful English expressions explained in Chinese, and EZ News, spelled with the letters E and Z, for simplified daily news. For some lighter news in both English and Chinese, check out News Bites and News for Kids. And if you enjoy them, tell a friend. Thanks for listening.